What do you fear? What do you fear? Let's define fear. Fear is what you are afraid of. The definition fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, whether the threat is real or imagined. That's fear. Now, we all have fear. It doesn't matter who we are. Don't lie to me. I have no fear. You're just a liar, right? You, you fear of, you know, being weak, you know? Um, that's what makes us human, right? Every single one of us, right? Now, the, the fellowship time question was, do you have an embarrassing fear? So I'm not talking about like a real fear, like, you know, like a fear of like heights and fear of spiders, right? Do you have like a, a silly fear? I have a silly fear. It's, um, oh, yeah, I, oh, I hate mosquitoes. But that's not necessarily a fear. The fear is, <laughs> I have this fear when, when I walk over a grate, like a grate on the ground, that my key is, my keys will accidentally suddenly jump out of my pocket and then fall down that crack, right? To the point where, like, if I'm walking and I see a grate, my hand automatically goes in my pocket to hold my keys, right? It's never happened to me before, and it hopefully never happened. I don't know why, right? Anyway, it's a silly fear. But there are real fears, right? Real fears. Fears of abandonment, suffering, fears of social settings, fears of extroverts. That's all the introverts, <laughs> right? Fears of failure. If we were to sit down, and if I was to sit with each and every one of you and write down all your fears, what you're afraid of, each of us would be a cocktail of different fears, right? Different fears. And the question is not, do you have fears? But the question is, how do you live with these fears? I think that's a very real question. How do you live with the anxiety? How do you fear? How do you live with these fears that some are so big, are so big that they are physically crippling to your life? There are people that can't speak to people face to face because of social anxiety, social fear. There are some people that can't travel because of their fear of flying. There are people that can't leave their own house because of a fear that cripples them. And the reality in the world that we live in is this. You just turn on the news. There's a lot to fear. Right? There's a lot going on in our world. Whether they be external fears from others or internal fears, right? You know, the, the voices inside. You know, the things that you, you're trying to like, you know, not believe in yourself. Right? How do we live? How do we live with this? Now, the theme of our church this year is by faith, and, and that's really the answer. And that's the end of my sermon. Amen. By faith. Just, right? In whatever situation we find ourselves, rather than trusting in the world, trusting in yourself, we want to live by faith, trusting that God is in control. And so the series that we're entitled, People of Faith, we're looking through the Bible, and we're meeting characters that lived by faith, but like extraordinary faith. Right? Last week we met Abraham, who was ready to obey God, even to the point of sacrificing his own son. Today we go to another very well known story in the Bible, the story of David and Goliath. And so if you have your Bibles, open them to 1 Samuel 17, where we're going to go through this story. And I know most of us who've been going to church, you know the story of David and Goliath, right? But have you actually read it in the Bible? Right? And so. I'm just going to tell you now, we will be reading all 50-something verses somewhere today in the sermon. Don't worry, I'll break it up. 
But I just want to make sure, I want to make sure that you hear not my voice, but you hear God's voice through the scripture. Okay? So let's read this passage together and actually know what actually happens in this story. So 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to start verse 1 to 3. Now the Philistines gathered their forces of war for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp in Ephesdamin between Soko and Ezekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the Valley of Elah and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. Pause. Now that's the scene. Right now, you got to use your imagination. Right, this is this is really like I love these stories in the Bible. Right, you got to use your imagination. You've got God's people, the Israelites, and they're sitting on one hill, and you've got the enemy, the the neighboring country, the Philistines, and and they're on the other hill, and they're just eyeballing each other. Right, they're about to go to war with each other, and this is where. And so, what we're going to see in this passage is we're going to see five fears, right? And there, as I said, there are many fears, but there, we're going to see five fears and see how God works through these. Okay? The first fear is this, the, first, the fear of the impossible. Verse 4 to 11. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give a man... Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the, all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Okay? So finally we meet Goliath. You know? Goliath online. Okay. People said that all my jokes are only sports, food, and family related. So that was a computer joke. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Goliath is described as nearly three meters tall and an absolute giant of a man. In the description of him, we see that not only was he huge, but he was well-armed and well-trained. And he is the representative of the Philistine army. And he comes out and says, hey, instead of all of you fighting all of us, just send your champion and we'll just fight one-to-one. And whoever wins, then they become the victorious nation." Now, that's easy for you to say when you're three meters tall and you're huge, right? But he continues to come out and he continues to taunt the Israelites. In verse 11, the response of the Israelites on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now, this isn't just the fear of something scary. This is the fear of actually something that's impossible. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's standing at the bottom of a mountain where you cannot see the top. It's standing before something that you don't know what the answer is. You don't have a clue or it's just impossible. 
For some, it's a diagnosis of a health condition, health condition with no cure. For some of us, it's the fear of a, a relationship that's been broken down. There's no answer. This is the first fear that we see. It's the fear of the impossible. The second fear that we see in this passage is the fear of rejection. Uh, verse 12 to 29. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, uh, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The first one was Eliab, the second one was Abinadab, and the third one was Shammah. David was the youngest. The third oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines, facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. And as they were talking with them, Goliath, Goliath online, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? Pause. So we meet David. So we've met Goliath and now we meet David. And we know David is the youngest of eight brothers. Three of the older brothers go to war. What's David's job? David is a shepherd. Right? David's looking after the family's sheep. And he's also running errands to the battle line, taking bread, taking cheese. So David's dad sends David to go to the battle line to take the food. And while David's there, for the first time, he hears Goliath. And he hears what Goliath is saying. And David is furious. How dare he mock my God? How dare he look down on our God? And so he wants to know more. He's passionate about this, right? You've got to understand, this, he's a kid, right? He wants to get involved, but it's at this moment, it's where his oldest brother turns up. And his oldest brother says, 
Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. What's the fear? Right? This is not an external fear. This is actually an internal fear. It's the fear of rejection. And who does David get rejected by? His own brother. For some of us, one of our greatest fears isn't the enemy or it's not external. It's actually the fear of reject, being rejected by people we love and, and, and people that we care about. All David wants to do, all David wants to do is be involved and shut down the enemy and yet it's his own blood that rejects him. So we have the fear of the impossible and secondly, the fear of rejection. The third fear that we're going to see is the fear of limitation. Verse 30, the story continues. He then turned away to someone else, David, and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul, who's the king, sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Pretty brave. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed me. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, sorry, full stop. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. The third fear that we see is the fear of limitation or in other words, the fear of not being good enough. How many times have we been told or how many times have we felt in our, in our Christian journey, we're just not good enough? And this is what Saul says to David. Now, historically, they reckon David was about 15 years old. 15 years old, right? And they reckon around this time, Goliath would have been in his 30s. Now, as much as David was keen to fight, the king is very honest and just lays out the limitation. You're, you're only a young man and Goliath is a warrior. You're not good enough. You're not old enough. You're not strong enough. You're not talented enough. All these limitations. But David then proceeds to tell the king two stories of how he defeated a lion and he defeated a bear while protecting his sheep. And we see the key verse in verse 37. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. And so now we start to understand. Now we start to get a little bit of background about why David is acting the way that he is. We're starting to get a bit of a picture of how, in, even in the face of fear, David responds. It's because he has faith. He has faith. Faith to overcome limitation. The fourth uh, fear is the, the fear of expectation, verse 37 to 40. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a, a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off, verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, 
put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. The fourth fear is the fear of expectation. And that could be your expectation of yourself or the expectation of other people. We see that the king, okay, Dave, you're going to go? Go for it. Here, take my armor, take my sword, take my helmet. And David's this 15-year-old kid trying to wear a grown man's armor and it just doesn't fit. He's just not comfortable in it. And he has to go and fight this giant. And so he goes, I I can't go in this. David knew that if he was going to fight, if he was going to defeat the enemy, he had to go with what God had given him, the way God had made him, not what God had given to someone else. So what does he do? He takes off the armor. He picks up what? A slingshot. His slingshot, a 15-year-old slingshot, right? And goes to the river and finds five rocks and then goes to the fight. Let's jump into a video. He just bent over and he picked up five smooth stones and these he put in his pouch and he picked up his sling and he walked towards Goliath and Goliath sees him and he goes, what? It was insulting actually to send, what are you sending this young unarmed, you know, uh, (laughs) unprotected guy against me? The Philistine curses David and vows to feed the Israelites flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Smack talking is one of his fatal mistakes. Never brag in a fight. That is one of the basic rules of fighting. David was listening and saying, okay, this guy's talking trash. And as soon as he makes a move, I wanna put him down. And that's exactly what he did. get a a stone of a quarter pound and a sling can hurl that at a couple of hundred miles an hour. That's like a whip. You know, when you crack a whip, you hear that sound? That's because the tip of the whip is going faster than the speed of sound. It's a sonic boom, it's breaking the sound barrier. That stone can hit with a great degree of speed and a great amount of force. According to the legend, all it takes to fell the giant is one shot. But for Goliath, the worst is yet to come. He kills him with his own sword to add insult to injury. Then goes, finds his family and kills them. You know, David is seen as kind of this writing poetry and playing the flute or something. This guy was a killer. Since the Middle East. According to legend, you can tell that was the uh, non-Christian YouTube clip. So the fifth fear is this, the fear of the enemy. Verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord 
will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into, your, into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone, the stone sank into his forehead and he fe- fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. He, after he killed him, he cut off the head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. And the final fear is the fear of the enemy. The enemy that mocks God, the enemy that mocks David, the enemy that, that laughs at him, belittles him. And yet David, in the face of his enemy, says, You come against me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 47, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And this is the key. And this is the key of the story. It's not just about that Goliath was defeated, that the Philistines were defeated by this 15-year-old kid with a slingshot and a rock, but it's the ability... It's David's ability to face the fears. It's David's ability to face the fears that in his life that surrounded him. And it had nothing to do with David's ability. And that's the whole point. The whole point is to not look at David and go, wow, David, you're so good with that stick and rock. You know, we all need to, you know, become really good with sticks and rocks. But it was by faith. It was by faith and faith alone in God, whom he believed, he trusted, would win the victory. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. And you know what? You know what, you know what makes David stand out from all the other people? It's that he actually believed that. See, that's what faith is. Can I tell you, faith is not saying the right thing. Faith is not saying that God can do what he can do. It's actually believing it. I love it, and, and, and you, you may or may not have noticed this, but when David turns up to fight Goliath, you know, and, and it's, you know, the video is somewhat correct and somewhat incorrect because they're just standing there like statues, right? But actually, Scripture says, uh, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And we go, and the question is, how, how do you face your fears? How do you, how do you deal with the fears in your life? And if you're like David and you live by faith, you actually run towards them. You're actually running towards your fears. You're running towards your enemy, not because you are confident in the rock and the stick you've got in your hand, but you are confident in the Lord, in the God that is behind you. That's the difference. That's the difference between a life of faith and a life without faith. When we don't have faith, I tell you the best you got is what you got when you look in the mirror. 
You look in the mirror, and for some of you, you've got muscles. For some of you, you've got bigger muscles. And for some of you, there's muscles somewhere there, right? For some of you, you've got degrees, right? For some of you, you have high distinctions. For some of you, peas make degrees, right? For some of you, you've got work experience. For some of you, you are high up in position and status. But you know what? When you don't have faith, then when you're dealing with your fears or dealing with your enemies, that's all you got, you. And you may be able to defeat some things, but I promise you, you cannot defeat everything. No one can. But what David shows us, that in our fears and anxieties, it's not about what I hold in my hand. I promise you, the story of David and Goliath isn't how amazing in that, is that slingshot. How amazing are those rocks? It's how amazing is the God behind David. And the crazy thing about David is this. He just believed it. He believed it from the bottom of his heart that if he was to run out against this giant, that he would be okay. He would be safe. He would be victorious. That's what a person of faith is. That's what someone who lives by faith lives like. So, coming back to you, how do you face your fears? How do you live in a world where there's so much chaos? Do you ignore them? Some of us do. Do you try to fight them? By yourself? The difference between a normal person and a person of faith is that the person of faith, they don't have to fight the battle alone. Why? Because of their faith, of what they believe, that they believe that our God is in control, that our God is almighty, and that there's no one more powerful than our God. Even in the darkest of days, in the face of our fears, when we live by faith, when we take them to God, we believe that God is the one that's actually going to grant us peace, not for us to find it for ourselves. And I think we, we are coming out of a generation of what we call the so-you-think-you-can-dance generation. I watch these kids and I, and I watch these reality shows and, 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 and it's this idea of like, you can do it if you believe, you know? Like, if you put your mind to it, you know, you can be anything you want. Can I just tell you, that is the biggest load of rubbish, right? Like, yeah, you get the highlight reel on TV, but you know when they show you the auditions of anyone that turned up? <laughs> I had people go, oh, I'm, I'm going to go and try for Australian Idol. And, and, and automatically I was like, to do what? <laughs> What? Why would you? Oh, so you think you can dance? Oh, you can't. Like, that's, right? We, we, but we're coming out of this generation, of, and we call it the self-esteem generation, right? Like, parents were like, you can do everything. Can I tell you, I love my kids, right? I love them, but I'm not going to tell them as they're growing up, you can do everything and anything you want, because that's a lie, right? That's a lie. They just can't. Right? My mum. Oh, my mum. I love my mum. 
True story, right? One day we're watching the news. This is, this is, this is the generation. We're watching TV and we're watching the news and the politics come up. And at the time, the Prime Minister, I think it was Johnny Howard. And my mum looks at him and then she sees me on the couch and she goes, you know what? You should do that. I said, do what? And in my mind, I was like, what? Go on TV? And she's like, no, you should be the Prime Minister. Her faith, she had big faith, right? She, big, big faith, right? She really believed it. She really, even now, she's like, she, I reckon if I said, Mom, I'm going to go for Prime Minister, she goes, yeah, that's awesome. Let me, let me roll you some, you know, kimbaps and, you know, give you some sauce. And... But it's not like that. See, but that's the problem. The problem with our generation is this. We grew up like that, so when we go to God, we think, or when we face our fears in our life, we think we don't need God because we have to deal with it ourselves. That we are the solution to our problems. Can I, can I tell you, friend, we're not. If you're honest, if you're honest, look at yourself in the mirror, we're not. If anything, we're the, we're the cause of our problems more than the solution. I'm telling you, I, I think I'm a very honest person. I cause all problems in my life. I cause more problems in my life than I cause solutions for other people. (laughs) Seriously, sometimes I just have to tell myself, just don't do anything, (laughs) right? Nike says, just do it. I'm like, don't do it, (laughs) right? Friends, we have to learn. We have to learn. And some of us, we need to relearn. It's not by your strength. It's not by your experience. It's not by your power and might. But it is by faith and faith alone that we get to journey in this life. And the outcome, it changes whether it's by faith or not. I had a conversation with a parent outside of our church, and he asked me, Steve, how do we make sure that our kids grow up well? And I was like, that's, that's a really good question. <laughs> and he kept telling me, you know, I read these books and I, and I read these podcasts and, I'm, you know, I'm going to send my kids to tutoring and I'm going to send them to this. And, I'm gonna... and, then I, and then I was telling him, I was like, but what does that guarantee? <laughs> it's like beatboxing. What's going on? As a parent, I cannot guarantee my child's future as much as every parent thinks that they can. You and I cannot control our lives for tomorrow. So how do we live in the fear and the anxiety? How do we live in this world full of chaos? How do we live in the fear of limitation and fear of expectations and fear of impossible and fear of the enemy? How do we live in that? That's by faith. And when we live by faith, not just say we live by faith, but when we actually live by faith, you know what you do when you find yourself in a bad situation? You run. And you actually run to it. So, what are you dealing with in your life right now? 
And how are you dealing with it? Is it, I just need to be better? I just need to be smarter? I just need to be more loving? Is it, I just need to invest more time? I just need to do things, um, you know, more like the experts in our world? Because actually the Bible tells us through this story of David and Goliath, a 15-year-old boy conquering the enemy, it's only done by faith and faith alone. But when you have that faith, oh, life changes. You don't live in fear. You don't live in anxiety. You don't live worrying about tomorrow. You know what you do? You get to run straight at it. And whatever happens because of that faith, you believe that God is in control. So whatever happens is actually not the important part. But whatever happens, you believe that God is in control and that God will look after you no matter what happens. So I ask you once again, friends, don't you want to live by faith? Isn't that just a life that feels as crazy as it is, as, you know? Lord, I, I give my life to you and I trust you. So no matter what you're going through, friends, no matter what's in front of you, live by faith and take a step forward because the Lord your God is fighting for you. Let's pray. I just want to give everyone a bit of time to pray and reflect because the reality is every single one of us is going through something, some problem, some brokenness, some sinfulness, things that we cannot solve ourselves, things that we cannot deal with ourselves. That's our reality. Some of us, it's family-related. Some of us, it's kids. Some of us, it's our jobs. Some of us, it's finance. Some of us, it's health, relationship. Every single one of us is dealing with something or someone right now. And the question is, are you dealing with it as a person of faith? Or are you dealing with it by yourself? Because our God who loves us very much invites us to him. He offers us himself to us so that we don't have to walk alone. So this morning, every prayer should be different. Everyone's prayer should be different. Because I'm inviting you to pray for what's happening in your life what you're dealing with, what the worries and the anxieties are for you, the fears are for you. And for you to lift them to God and say, God, I need you. It is not by my own strength, but it is by yours. I am not in control, but you are. Lord, help me to have faith in you that you would fight my battles. So I'll give you a moment to spend some time with our God, to lift up that prayer. So let's pray together.